0: Hey everyone, my name is Devin Watley and you're listening to another episode of the On The Record podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking with Fox 5 sports anchor Samantha Rivera. We'll be talking about her college career, how she ended up making her rise to where she is now at Fox 5, and we'll also talk a little bit bit about the Padres hiring Bob Melvin as their new manager, and also a little bit about SDSU men's basketball as their season kicks off tonight against UC Riverside at Viejas Arena. Here's our conversation below and I hope you all enjoy it. Hey everyone, my name is Devin Wiley, and welcome to another episode of the On the Record podcast. This week, I'm joined by Fox Five Sports anchor Samantha Rivera. Samantha, welcome to the show.
1: Hey Devin, thank you so much for having me on.
0: I, I wanted to talk about first you you so you've been through a lot of different things in your career, right? Before heading here to Fox Five, you are a Chicago native. Uh, you graduated from DePaul with your BA in journalism and like I was looking through your LinkedIn profile and I was just so shocked by all the different things that you did in college because like <laughs> it was like a laundry list of all these different things and like usually you typically some with some people you, they don't do a lot some people they do a lot of things and you obviously did a lot so you did a ton of various opportunities outside of sports I mean you you were in your student newspaper, you were reported for the award show. Good day to Paul. Um, you were an assistant producer. You even worked PR for Fox Sports. With with those opportunities, were there any that stood out to you the most over others?
1: Yeah. So I am a strong believer in trying to be as well rounded as possible, and doing the PR stuff for Fox Sports actually came about because my counselor told me that I had enough space to double major in uh, PR and ad. So I you know, obviously went there initially just to do journalism. And so I did that. I took the Fox Sports class um, and we were all put into groups and the winner of whatever the assignment was, I don't even remember anymore, um, got to go to Miami for All-Star Week and my group ended up winning. So that was a huge opportunity. I got to meet um, some sports broadcasters, obviously when I was out there. Uh, great opportunity, and then my my first sports marketing uh, internship was actually with um, a place in Chicago, and I remember that was very significant because it was like the first sports-related internship that I had. It wasn't exactly you know journalism, but I took advantage of it, and you know I asked to make videos and and write up some stuff for them, and they're like, yeah, we know you know this isn't exactly what you want to do, but if you want to find a way to kind of make it your own, then yeah, we'll help you out. And I remember we ended up going to Hallis Hall to do a presentation with the bears. And I told myself, you know, sooner or later, I'm going to come back here and I'm going to be a reporter, you know, uh, focusing on the bears and sure enough, it happened. And um, so, yeah, it it was great getting to kind of explore all those different fields and just kind of, um, you know again, taking advantage of it all and knowing that it would help me one way or another down the road.
0: Yeah, and like, you know, I know for for you and especially for a lot of um, other journalists who are in, you know, in the field now, I mean, obviously taking advantage of your opportunities like internships and other things during college is so important. I mean, for you, how essential was that to sort of getting you to where you are now?
1: Yeah, internships were... Very helpful for me just in terms of networking, you know, making relationships that I still have to this day, you know, especially with that sports marketing internship, I was able to, you know, make good enough relationships with the people there that they still check in on me and they're like, hey, we're so proud of you. Everything that you're doing, we knew you were going to do something with, you know, journalism and all this stuff. So it's really nice to look back on that and be like, wow, that was a great internship. I had a lot of fun at it with it. And then um, the internship that I had with Univision. So it started out as a radio show. And then I was like, well, I can do this for like internship credits, too. So I did that. And um, yeah, just getting to be, you know, surrounded by people that you idolized growing up, Uh, it was so surreal, um, you know, getting to talk to the anchors that I grew up watching, and and them being so helpful, and being like, hey, if you need anything, like, just let me know, Um, come out to, you know, Bulls games, or whatever, if you want to do stand-up, so, so helpful, Um, and at the time, I still wasn't even sure if TV was for me, and so I would talk to them about it, and, you know, they would give me advice, and um, it was so, so helpful, but I also know that, you know, obviously internships aren't always easy to come by. Um, So I had this question asked, I think like a couple days ago, and somebody was like, you know, how big of a deal is it if you don't have an internship? And honestly, at the end of the day, um, yeah, internships are super helpful, but if you can't get one, it's not the end of the world. So I really, really want people to to be aware of that because I know I get that question a lot.
0: Yeah, like, when you were in college having all these different jobs, like, how did you kind of balance doing all that plus classes? Because I can imagine, like, being a student and doing all that stuff, I'd be kind of swarmed doing all that. How'd you, how'd you end up doing all of that stuff?
1: Yeah, honestly, I think I sacrificed a lot of just time where you would normally see, like, a college student just going out to parties. I really didn't go out a lot. Um, I think that was more of just how I was. Like, I was... Pretty reserved, and I still kind of am. But um, yeah, I think just kind of focusing on my schoolwork and realizing that you know it was all going to pay off one day because uh, my my goal was to get a job as soon as I graduated. Um, you know, my parents sacrificed a lot to help me get there, um, and I knew that you know I was working my butt off to to get to that goal. So I knew that um, you know it wasn't going to be forever. I would have time to go out and do whatever at at a different time. But at that time, I was really just trying to remind myself like, okay, I got to do all this stuff so that one day I can do everything that I want to do. Um, I think there's like an Oprah quote that says something like, you have to do all these things that you're required to do so that one day you can do what you want to do, something like that. So I just kind of went with that mindset and tried to balance things as well as I could and, and I got through it.
0: Yeah. And then obviously you got your first professional opportunity in Marquette, Michigan at WLUC, right? And then um, mm-hmm. you were a morning live reporter, MMJ. Obviously like that first job for any journalist is like, you got that certain, you got that certain feeling with your first job. We obviously remember it more than others. What was that just experience like with your first job and especially in a different state, right? Because you're, you're from Chicago and you're, you're moving to Marquette, Michigan. I mean, It's obviously a a distinct change. So what was your first job experience like there?
1: Yeah, it was crazy different. I had never even heard of Marquette until I applied to the position. And so Mm -hmm. um, they joke that, you know, the UP is 10 years behind the rest of the world. And and they really are, excuse me. Um, But it was a great experience. It was my first time living out of state by myself, completely alone. I didn't know anybody. Um, But it really helped me grow, you know, personally, and as a journalist, obviously, they just kind of throw you in there, and they're like, all right, good luck. You know, obviously, your professors try to, um, you know, prepare you as much as possible, but you never really know what it's like until you're actually there, Um, and I remember I, so obviously, I wanted to do sports from the get-go, but, um, you know, sports positions aren't easy to come by in the local news uh, realm. And I knew that I needed to get my foot in the door. So I took that job. And it's funny too, because in college we had, I think like a few practice live shots that we were graded on and I hated it. And so to have my first job be like, yeah, you're going to go live every morning, figure it out. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but it honestly <laughs> helped me a lot with getting comfortable in front of the camera. And because it was a morning show it was more like fun stuff. So it kind of helped me again, just get getting more comfortable in, in front of the camera. And because mm. I was able to kind of show off my personality a little bit more, I think that helped with um, the reel that I was able to put together for the next job that ultimately, obviously ended up being sports. So they could see like, okay, well, she's done a couple sports stories. And, you know, she's able to show off her personality. And, um, you know, I'm able to have fun on camera. And obviously sports It's not always fun, but for the most part it is and so yeah, um, but overall it was it was a good experience, you know I learned a lot I made some friends that I still talk to to this day, I ended up leaving after about a year. And then yeah I just I really, really lucked out with my last job in Rockford because the goal was to be closer to home, I obviously wanted to do sports. To be able to do all of that and then cover my hometown teams was so, so surreal. Um, I remember I used to take pictures every Bears game that I would go to at Soldier Field. Um, and my photog was like, what, why are you taking so many pictures? And I was like, because I don't know when the last time will be that you know I'll be here covering the game. Um, and I'm so glad that I did that because I look back on the photos and the videos all the time and I'm just like, wow, like I really did that. <laughs> Um, and just so many different moments where, you know, growing up, I um was a huge, huge Bears fan and loved Walter Payton, the Payton family. And then to be able to work alongside uh, you know, Jared Payton, like I would see him all the time there. He worked for W or he still works for WGN in Chicago. And <laughs> it was so cool to realize, like, oh my God, I, I Jarrett knows who I am. Like he comes up to me and hugs me and asks me how I am. Like it was so, so cool. But um, I'm just now realizing I moved from Marquette to Rockford really fast. Sorry about that. Um, But yeah, overall, Michigan was a great experience getting to jump to, you know, Rockford was great. And then now being here in San Diego has been a dream come true. Honestly, it feels like a second home. So it's been great.
0: Did did you ever have like a sort of pinch yourself moment at those Bears games? Because I can imagine like being, you know, you follow that team for your whole life. And now here you are finally covering it. I mean, you must have had like, just that sort of, pinch me pinch me sort of moment because you just couldn't believe it right
1: oh my gosh yeah so many moments but I would say the biggest one was definitely when I covered uh the Bears and Packers game such a huge rivalry and again growing up knowing you know how big those games are and just kind of realizing like oh my god I'm here on the field next to all of these you know, stations that I grew up watching too, and I'm covering it. Like I'm here. Um, growing up, I was super, super shy. So I think if you would have told me in high school, like, yeah, you're going to be on TV talking about sports and you're going to love it. I'd be like, you're joking. Like, no, no way. Not in a million years, but um, definitely a big pinch me moment, just getting to cover that.
0: Yeah. And like, you know, obviously, like, as you mentioned, you moved to Rockford, you get your, your first sports job, right. in Rockford and, and, I think, you know, a lot of people talk about how working in these smaller markets, it gives them sort of an advantage because one, not only does it allow you to grow, but they're kind of so more, they're, they're more lenient in terms of the mistakes you make on air and stuff like that. For you, like, what was the advantage of working in these smaller markets in terms of like growing your, developing and growing your professional career to where it is now?
1: I think I was definitely able to work on my confidence a lot um and I was able to kind of experiment with different things so in Rockford uh I knew that there was a big Latino community there and I had this skill um to speak Spanish and I was like well I want to take advantage of this so I asked to do a digital series uh covering the bears and um it was just like a weekly thing and they're like yeah go for it and so I was able to do those you know things without um you know them like shooting me down completely um and yeah just like the confidence thing I think I was able to uh try different things out and not worry that you know a bunch of different people were watching obviously a lot of people were watching but not as many I think as we have here in San Diego and um yeah just kind of if uh you know something didn't go right like if a graphic was wrong or something and um, the lower third was spelled wrong something like that I kind of like brushed it off my shoulders because I was like okay this is a small market this is exactly what it's for you know you're able to kind of go through those tough moments but um, yeah and then obviously what people say about small markets with meeting people and them being like your lifelong friends it's true because I talk to people from Rockford honestly all the time like I was just talking to somebody yesterday um, and it's like that bond never leaves. Um, you go through a lot of tough moments together, um, and yeah, I I wouldn't change that experience for anything.
0: Yeah, and obviously, like you 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 mentioned before that you were anchoring, and uh, you I I think it's, as as I said, I saw on your profile you were anchoring, producing shows, and you know mm-hmm. alongside with doing all these things. I mean, I can imagine like how much how how much of a challenge it might've been for you, especially early on as a young reporter, because obviously you're getting put into these big, these big sort of duties. And it's like, oh my, like, did you ever have kind of, were those moments ever sort of challenging for you? Or, or, or was your mindset more so just like, I'm going to take it on and just do it.
1: I think a mixture of both. Um, I think I was very nervous at first, but I would remind myself like, okay, being nervous isn't going to do anything. Like I just kind of have to throw myself in there. I got to get it done. Um, but yeah, it was tough because you obviously, well, for me, at least I am a perfectionist and, you know, wanting to make sure that everything is perfect and and totally right. Um, it was hard to realize like, okay, not everything's going to be perfect. You're human. Um, you know, mistakes are going to happen. And uh, my mom always tells me this, like, nobody's perfect. You're not perfect. Things are going to happen. You're one person. You're producing, anchoring, or rep- like, I was doing it all, and um, I don't think you know people at home always realize that. Like, oh my God, she must have people help her. Not really. Um, so yeah, just kind of having grace with myself and uh, just realizing like I am one person. I can only do so much, and mistakes are bound to happen, and it's it's okay. So I think I learned a lot with um, you know trying to move past those mistakes and you know remembering okay today's a new day i'm able to start over i'm able to you know give it another shot and and you know obviously things got better and things got easier but definitely you know doing it all on my own taught me so much and i still do it you know here in san diego um but i think i'm more used to it now because yeah like i said my confidence has grown a lot and I'm able to move faster and, and be like, okay, I got this, 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 and, you know, go through it. But yeah, the small market experience is, you, you really have to have it. Um, you know, I, I tell this to everybody who wants to, you know, kind of end up where I am, I guess. I, everybody has a different uh, journey to, to getting to wherever they want to go to. But I think the small market experience is so, so helpful because you really do get uh, a chance to kind of try everything out and when you're in a big market it's like okay you got to focus on this and just that um so yeah
0: and then obviously as you mentioned the when when you moved to Rockford and you got that job you wanted to go home and and do that thing and and obviously I can imagine like the feel like the feeling of finally being able to kind of move closer to home and, and do all these things like was it sort of was it how did it how did it make you feel at that time when you finally found out that you got that job and you you took it and just rolled with it
1: oh my gosh I was ecstatic I remember I got off the phone with the news director and I started crying I called my dad immediately and I was like oh my god puppy like it's finally happening like I get to do sports full time it was it was amazing um, because it was something that I worked really hard to to get and so again just to kind of have it all come together so well. I was close to family. I was covering my hometown teams. I was doing sports full-time. It was just like, wow, thank you, God, for answering all my prayers. Um, And I remember for a while, because being in this business, especially like in the small market, um, you, (laughs) maybe this isn't true for everyone, but there were a lot of times where I questioned if I wanted to keep going with it, just because it's not easy. You know, being an MMJ, the hours suck you're not, you're, you're far away from family. Um, you miss a lot of, you know, holidays and, and family parties and things like that. And you're like, Hmm, maybe I should do PR, you know, the hours are better, the pay is better. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my parents were always like, no, Miha, like, you know, doing this is, is what makes you happy. And we want to see you happy. We don't want to see you miserable and, you know, wishing that you could have done this and, um, you know, just stick it out. And, and I'm so glad that I did um they were such a and they still are such a huge um you know source of support for me um but yeah getting that news that I was able to to work in Rockford was everything
0: mm-hmm. and then obviously this earlier this year January 2021 you move here to San Diego you move to Fox 5 Sports um obviously making a move like that where you're you know you're being in the Midwest pretty much almost your entire life and now here you are going to the west coast to california san diego i mean obviously it's such a big move um like what was just your mindset heading into all this I and mean, how, did, how did you get the how'd you end up landing the fox sports job
1: so every job that i've gotten has been through networking it's funny i actually dm'd julian our weekend sports anchor on instagram and i was like hey like we had followed each other for a while but we never like actually talked or anything and I was like, hey, is this position still open? And he's like, yeah, this is my news director's email. Here you go. I emailed him that night. And that same night, the news director, Rich, was like, hey, are you free for a Zoom call? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so it kind of happened pretty fast. Um, but it was just like a, a gut feeling like, yeah, this is, this is the right move. Um, the last time I was here, I think, was almost 20 years ago. My family and I came to visit uh, my uncle who was in the Marines at the time. And I just always remember wanting to come back. Um, and I never knew you know, when that would happen, but I did always know that I wanted to work in California at some point in my life. I wanted to live here and, and um, to have the opportunity to come here was amazing. I didn't really know anybody here except for some people from high school. And um, I have two really close ones. So I was like, okay, this is perfect. And then my coworkers have become like family, like I love them to death. Um, and then NHJ, our local chapter here has been such a blessing. Um, the National Association of Hispanic Journalists, uh, also, you know, people who have become family. And I'm just so grateful to be here because it, it really, you know, as far away as I am from, you know, Chicago and family and friends, i um, it doesn't always feel like that. You know, I I think the friends that I do have here do a really good job of making me feel loved and, um, you know, welcomed here. So it's been a great experience so far.
0: And like, what surprised you the most just about, you know, living here and kind of just being in San Diego? What surprised you the most?
1: Hmm, I would say, I don't know. I guess how fast I... I don't want to say I was over the nice weather, but I was like, okay, so what's next? Like, you know, (laughs) being through all four seasons, uh, in Illinois, it was like, is this really all we're going to get? Um, and especially now in October, um, you know, I'm so used to having like actual fall weather, like, uh, you know, colder weather and things like that. And so I think my, my body was kind of just like confused like what's what's happening like this isn't normal but um yeah I, I really can't complain obviously like this weather's amazing um but I do miss it I do uh not so much driving in the snow and things like that but um I do miss like the kind of the change up in the weather a little bit just to kind of like spice it up and and it's funny too to see how people react when it rains here I remember oh. <laughs> when I first moved here yeah my parents and I were at Costco and it was raining pretty hard and we could hear it on the roof but people were freaking out and we were just like laughing we were like what is like are they really scared about that like it's fine it's nothing but yeah people here aren't used to the rain and that's like nothing to us you know we go through all sorts of stuff uh in in Illinois but I would say that was probably the most surprising thing
0: yeah, I, I think like if it because I cause I'm born and raised here. And so like mm-hmm. I've I've seen it all pretty much. But like, yeah, when it <laughs> rains here, it's like Armageddon pretty much. People don't know yeah. how to drive. Yeah. People, um, people just like it's like it's like once once uh once the rain falls, it's like a color red for everybody here for all the local <laughs> citizens. But um, exactly. Yeah, but I mean obviously now now that you're here at Fox Five, um, you know, what is what is your sort of day-to-day thing look like, right? Because I know you yeah, I usually see you work the late newscast right and then you work sports finals sometimes um what is your sort of day-to-day schedule sort of look like which does your routine look like when you clock in
1: yeah so I mean you know you know being in this business no day is the same um but typically uh I don't always anchor but um like yesterday and today I'm, I'm filling in for our sports director and so um just to give you an example of like a day of anchoring so I usually go in um in the early afternoon and then I'll start producing my shows, or like yesterday, I have to do interviews before I can even, you know, touch uh, our rundowns, and I had to interview somebody from SD Loyal, and then our NFL analyst, James Lofton, and I kind of had to just, like, prepare all of that, like, on the fly, Um, you know, I had to create the rundown for the in-studio interview, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is my first time actually doing, like, an in-studio interview, so, I mean, it, it turned out really well, but um, so I did that and then I produced my show uh the six o'clock and kind of put all that together. And then I started working ahead to the 10. Um and then what happened? Yeah, and then I did the six o'clock. I went to go get something to eat. I came back, filled out the rest of the 10, and I did it. And yeah, I, I was by myself, which uh doesn't happen too often. So it's kind of lonely. I was like, I miss my friends. Um, But then on other days when I'm reporting, I go in around the same time, like kind of, um, you know, in the early afternoon. And then um, it kind of just depends, like if we have a a photog available that day, I'll take them with me to whatever story we do. Um, You know, I'll obviously have these questions in mind, uh, do the interviews, um, you know, kind of go through what kind of B-roll we'll have with my photog. And then I'll start writing the story uh, while we go back to the station. And then I'll go um, track it. And then my photog will have like everything kind of set up and and I'll print out like the, the script for them so they have like a better idea of where to put everything. And I will A roll it too, um, just so I know like what uh, sound bites I want. They'll put it together and then I'll go through the rundown and um, put in like all of the lower thirds and, and the times and things like that and, and writing my scripts and intros and all of that sort of stuff um, and then also when we're actually out at the shoot we always have to shoot um, a stand-up and a tease um, so that was something that I had to learn here because I was like oh we don't always we didn't always do that in Rockford so that was something new but um, yeah it's kind of like all over the place or like last week I forget which day it was, but I was supposed to go in and just work on a story that I did through a Zoom call interview the week before. And I was like, okay, today's going to be like an easy day. I got this. And then uh, I get a text uh, from somebody that like, Jace got fired. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> so I had to go live and cover how the Padres, you know, manager at the time, Jace Tingler, got fired. And so completely not what I had planned for the day, but, you know, you got to just kind of go with the flow. So it's a little bit of everything. Um, And then on weekends, I actually produce, sometimes I'll report, I guess, but I'll produce for Julian, our weekend sports anchor. And um, same like times and everything. And we just kind of go through everything, talk about what we want in the show. And yeah, uh, our sports final show, though, that is longer than our usual like six o'clock hits because typically i'm sorry i'm like all over the place but typically sports is only in our six and ten o'clock shows Mm -hmm. um every now and then if we have like big sports news we'll be in more shows um but uh yeah sports final so like our six o'clock is three and a half minutes of sports content and then our sports final is like eight or nine minutes i think something like that um but yeah, it's, it's fun because it's different. And, you know, we obviously have more time to kind of fill the show and, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I think, I think being able to go into a job where no day is the same keeps me on my toes. And that's, that's really why, like, I know that I'm having fun. I think the second that I stop having fun, then I gotta, I gotta find a different career.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So like, I know, um, Because I know here at NBC, like, we'll sometimes break it down to where, like, our sports anchor will have, like, like a two-minute segment or whatever, and, like, we'll have, like, all these different VOs attached, and he'll just, you know, go through it. Or, like, say Mm -hmm. one of them, um, sometimes they'll throw in, like, sometimes they'll work from home, so they'll throw in, like, a package instead, and where they'll do the whole thing. So, like, for you, it's Mm -hmm. kind of, like, for you, it's, it's kind of, like, a mix and match then between what you and Julian kind of want, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it really is just a mixture of everything, whether we want a, a VO or a VOSAT or, you know, package it. We'll always have packages available because we're constantly like, you know, coming up with um, stories and uh, we call them HFR packages. Um, and so, you know, we'll have something um, that we might have not used and it's like, okay, we want a full content. Well, we have this package, you know, so it kind of makes our lives a lot easier.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, now what, obviously, um, like you, you and Julian are kind of relatively new, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with that work environment, obviously with, you know, you have Troy Hirsch there and then everybody else there. Um, what's the work environment like there at Fox?
1: It's a lot of fun. Um, like I said, if, if I wasn't having, having fun, I think I would leave the business, but, um, yeah, Julian and Jimmy, especially they have become like my brothers. We joke around so much. Um, but I love how, like, you know, we, we really do take care of each other. Um, you know, if we see that something's missing in the rundown, uh, we'll, we'll fix it. And, and it's not like, Oh, you missed this. Like, what's your problem? Like what, how could you forget Never never never. We don't make each other feel bad for anything. Uh we're because yeah, again, we're human, mistakes are bound to happen. So we'd rather, you know, help each other and make each other look good as opposed to, oh my God, they can't do their job, like whatever. Like it's ridiculous how you know viewers are they they can be very um judgmental and, and they're like, oh my god, they miss this. It's like, no, we're we're humans too, and, and things happen, but Um, like I said we we take care of each other and we make sure that we all look good and um, yeah it's it's fun I I cannot you know I don't know I can't speak enough about how just comfortable it is there you know I think that really helps with our our chemistry on air with Julian and I because you know if we weren't friends in real life I think it would be a lot harder and and you would be able to tell and um, we're able to kind of just like you know I think I, I asked Julian a question one time um, about him, like jokingly asking him about like being friends with Tom Brady or something like that. And he like answered it on the fly and he was he was great. You know, it was it's like because we're able to have that friendship off camera and that, you know, shows on camera uh, as well. So I think Fox 5, our sports department is great. We have a great time um and yeah I think everything that you see on air is exactly what you would see in person
0: Mm -hmm. and obviously you know now that you're in a bigger market does that sort of bring added challenges to what you do before or do you kind of just still approach it with the same mindset that you that you had when you were in Marquette and in Rockford
1: I think definitely the same mindset it's like okay this is something new I gotta go you know try it out like um I can't worry about it and and just like you know think about all the what-ifs and oh what what if this goes wrong and you know it's like well what if it goes really well you know just try it out and so yeah I just kind of throw myself into whatever new opportunities I find at Fox 5 and um, you know if I do well then great if not then there's always something to learn from but um, yeah definitely the same mindset of just you know go with the flow and, and do the best that you can.
0: Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about NHJ because you're the vice president for the San Diego Association of, uh, mm-hmm. the San Diego Association of Hispanic Journalists. Um, and for you, like, how important has NHJ been to you in your career, and how important is it to be able to help a lot of these young journalists here in San Diego kind of find opportunities to to reach their dream job or their career?
1: Yeah, NHJ has been so so helpful. Um, I joined when I was in college. And then networking is just huge. Um, You know, it goes back to uh, how big networking is just in general in this business, creating those relationships and friendships. And um, yeah, when I was in Michigan, there was like really no Latino community there. And uh, it was hard uh, being away from that. But when I went back to Rockford, it was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, I, I feel better with, you know, knowing that, Um, a a Latino community is here and I'm I'm able to find you know Mexican food again and and all these things and um, speak Spanish to people like it's just it was a nice comforting feeling and so um, coming here to San Diego I had actually already thought about you know joining the local chapter but our chapter president Andrea beat me to it and she DM'd me on Twitter and she's like hey if you want to join like come on out and so I did and um, it was great you know getting to meet them and seeing like how how hard working they are with when it comes to this chapter because you know you can easily just make like a a chapter whatever and be like yeah we're trying to do this whatever and whatever and, and you just have the title but you don't really do much here they do so much um you know we have fundraisers and really really try to um you know get that money for the scholarships that we give out every year and um I remember last summer was actually the first time I did uh, an NHJ convention. It was virtual, obviously, but it was still, like, I was kind of nervous. I was like, is it worth it even if it is virtual? But it was so worth it. Um, The networking was great. I actually met uh, through a Zoom call, um, MJ Ecosariz, who used to work at your station. Yeah, and she was super, super helpful when I told her about, you know, potentially coming here to San Diego, uh, gave me lots of advice and tips. And so, you know, being able to meet people like that has been amazing. And um, yeah, NHJ is just such a, like, you really do gain, like, family uh, through being um, a part of these chapters. And um, I wouldn't change it for the world being a part of NHJ and and how much it's changed my life.
0: Yeah, one of my good friends, um, Roxy, I don't know if you know her, but she's in. Oh, yeah. She's in uh, NHJ. Yeah, I went to college with her, funny enough, and like it's just I see what she's doing and I see what you guys are doing and I'm just like oh wow like it's just so exciting such exciting stuff such exciting stuff
1: yeah yeah it's really fun
0: so obviously the Padres made some big moves recently they just hired Bob Melvin away from the Oakland A's to be their manager he's on a three-year deal he also hired Ruben Niebla from the Cleveland Guardians now as their pitching coach I mean Melvin he's been to the playoffs six times in 11 seasons with the A's he's won manager of the year three times um, first, like, what are your thoughts on this hire, and like, how important was it for AJ Fuller to get a guy like this?
1: Oh my gosh, super important! I think he made the right choice. Personally, my favorite part is the fact alone that he has previous major league managerial experience. Can you believe that? You know, I know Jace did his best to you know do well with this team, but the fact that Bob brings all of that experience—you know—it's not just a well, let's see what happens type of situation. You know, he knows what he's doing. He knows what it takes to bring these guys into the playoffs. So I think, yeah, AJ did a great job with this.
0: Yeah, and obviously, like, when, you know, people have mentioned Bob Melvin's name, they talk about how the players and coaches and others around the organization, regardless of whether it's been in Oakland or in Arizona, they rave about his ability to bring out the best in the players and players in the team while also letting everyone's kind of personality sort of shine and be themselves. Um, Do you think that's going to help? with a team that's led by like, you know, big personality guys like Tatis and Machado?
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, seeing the reaction from the Oakland A's, seeing how sad they were, you know, to have him leave the team says so much, you know, he's obviously a super respectable guy, somebody that, you know, they feel comfortable around. I think that's going to be huge for guys like Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado to really, you know, show off their personality, but also just have fun with the game. You know, I don't think They're gonna feel like um, obviously it's serious business, but it's not gonna feel that way. I think he's the kind of manager that's really gonna allow them to just have fun with it again and just enjoy themselves. So I'm excited to see what he'll be able to bring out of these guys.
0: And obviously, he you know when when he had that press conference with AJ Preller, a lot of people were kind of talking about how he would kind of fix the um late game the late season sort of shrinkage that the Padres had at the end of the year where they lost a lot of games eventually not even making the playoffs but when asked that question Bob Melvin mostly talked about how his when his Oakland A's made that trip to San Diego he was just so shocked at how the fan support was and just how good the team was and and that sort of culture um obviously for him I mean he He hasn't, you know, as a manager, he didn't he didn't get much of a of a good look at what happened at the end of the year. But you know, based off of like, obviously, you weren't at the press conference, but you've we've heard a lot of the stuff that Melvin said recently and what Preller's been saying. Um, Do you kind of feel like he is approaching this sort of job with the right mindset and the right culture to kind of bring the Padres back to where they should have been, which was in the playoffs?
1: Yeah, totally. I think you know, if you really want to show this city that you're serious about this, then you're going to come in with, you know, all this excitement and this energy of in uh, the mindset of, yeah, we're here to bring a championship uh, to the city because you guys deserve it. The fans are incredible. Obviously, him talking about the atmosphere at Petco Park means a lot. Um, the fact alone that he even, you know, recognized it like, yeah, you guys were crazy. You were loud. Um, I think having a manager like that is really going to get not just the fans excited, but the players too, because knowing that, you know, your manager is fully invested in this team, in this city um, is super important. So I think, yeah, he's definitely got the right mindset coming here.
0: Do you ultimately think that with, I mean, obviously, you know, AJ Peller has hired his guys and now kind of this time around, he made the reverse and hired somebody with experience. And that's kind of what, uh, Peter Seidler ownership kind of talked about from the beginning. Do you ultimately think that Melvin will be able to guide the Padres to you know a World Series berth or even even a deep playoff run? Do you ultimately think he'll get them there, or is it going to take like a few more steps? Whether that's in making the right deals for certain players, getting some new coaches and stuff like that.
1: Honestly, the easy answer would be yes, right? Because he's obviously got all the right pieces, the right players. And then given his history, it's like, yeah, why wouldn't he be able to bring them into the playoffs? But I think the players are definitely going to have to buckle down and really, you know, just prove how badly they want it. Because as we saw in the playoffs, they kind of just broke down. I, I mean, unless you're, you're part of that team, you don't really know exactly what happened, what happened with the chemistry. Um, you know, so hopefully he will be able to kind of, Mend whatever it, it is that happened. Um, but I want to say yes, that he will be able to to bring them far. And um, I don't want to jinx it, but, you know, a World Series would be really fun to cover. So we'll see.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely see. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for it. We're all pulling for it. Um, yeah. Now I wanted to talk a little bit about the San Diego State men's basketball team. Obviously, the Aztecs are starting their season tonight against UC Riverside at Vejas mm-hmm. Arena. Um, you were at the first game in the exhibition game against St. Catherine. I mean, the Aztecs obviously they went twenty-three and five last season under Coach Dutcher. They won a Mountain West Conference mm-hmm. title, regular season and tournament. They obviously they lost against Syracuse in the in the um, NCAA tournament, but they have a really good team. Matt Bradley would an award preseason watch list. I mean, you've gotten a chance to see that team in that first game. You know, obviously in a season where now fans are back in the building. You know, COVID not to see COVID's in the rear door, but, you know, things are starting to sort of get back to normal in terms of the pandemic. How do you kind of see things shaping out for Coach Dutcher and the Aztecs this year?
1: I think they'll have a pretty good season, honestly. Um, You know, there were some bright spots in that last game that I was at, um, but I think they still, you know, have some things to work on uh, offensively. But, yeah, I'm excited to see what they'll bring this season because they've obviously got, like you said, guys like Matt Bradley, and then another transfer, um, Chad Baker Masada, he's, you know, he's been really fun to watch too. And then Trey Pulliam coming back, um, you know, bringing that kind of leadership. Dutcher had talked, talked a little bit about how the older guys are, are helping these, you know, transfers kind of buy into that culture. And I think, you know, you can kind of see it, they, they're meshing Um, But I think that's still going to, you know, take time because of COVID. You know, they've had these protocols where they haven't always been able to, you know, be together all the time. And, you know, there are still restrictions, things like that. But I think through throughout the season, as the season progresses, we'll be able to see more of them, you know, clicking. And regardless, Tuesday is going to be a really fun game to watch. And I'm excited for what's to come for the Aztecs.
0: And obviously, you know, the Dutcher has a big operation on his hands. I mean, Jordan Shackle, Matt Mitchell, Terrell Gomez those are 3,000 point scorers and now they're out of your program because of graduation and you know like you, you and we've seen that regardless of any sport like you're replacing talent that's really been vital to your team obviously it's it's an adjustment in college basketball you kind of have to do that a lot um, do you think do you kind of think it's going to take a little bit of an a little bit of an adjustment period for the Aztecs to kind of find out who's going to be their guy and on offense and who's going to score and who's not
1: a little bit yeah because because like I said I think they still need some time to kind of mesh with the new guys and the older guys but they have so much talent on that team I think they'll be able to find it soon enough I think yeah they're still figuring things out but you know come Tuesday I think we'll be we'll have a better idea of who those guys will be
0: mm-hmm. and obviously for you I mean you, you like you said you covered that exhibition game I mean how fun was it to kind of be at Vejas for like the first time with fans and and have that environment, and what was it like just being in there?
1: Oh, my gosh. It was so much fun. I had never been to Viejas Arena with fans inside, so it was something completely different for me. Because, um, yeah, the last time I was there, it was actually my first day on the job here, and it was so empty, and it was the most bizarre feeling, just, like, looking around and being like, whoa, this place is huge, but it's the weirdest thing to not see, like, real people. You know, they had cutouts. It was just so, so odd. And so to be able to hear, you know, the crowds cheering and um, seeing how pumped up the players were, it was, it was so much fun. So I'm excited, um, you know, fingers crossed for March badness and seeing how far they can get, uh, you know, during that time and um, how big of an impact the fans will be for them this season too.
0: Of course, of course. And like you said, I mean, obviously with fans being back, it's going to help. So many teams, not just not just the Aztecs, but obviously a lot of other teams in, in, in college basketball in mm-hmm. the Mountain West Conference. Um, hopefully, the Aztecs end up pulling another Mountain West banner down uh, this season. We'll we will see what
1: happens. Yeah, definitely.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, that was Fox Five Sports anchor Samantha Rivera. Samantha, you, listeners, you can follow Samantha on Twitter at uh, Jay Samantha Rivera, and then you can also follow her on Instagram at Samantha Rivera or Samantha Rivera TV. Samantha, thanks for coming
1: on the show. Of course. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to my conversation with Fox Five Sports Anchor Samantha Rivera. Again, listeners, you can follow Samantha on Twitter at J Samantha Rivera and on Instagram at Samantha Rivera TV. Stay tuned next week as we got another exciting guest lineup up for the On the Record podcast. Have a great day, everyone.